Hey podcast friends, it's Vanessa and Kaylee and we're here with another episode of The Struggle is Real because we know the struggle to talk about mental health and be mentally healthy is real. So last week we discussed healthy relationships. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was magical. We talked all about how feeling connected to people and supported by people in our life is so like foundational and key to our mental well-being. And when we don't have these things in place, when we don't have someone to be a good support to us, we can really be at risk for struggling with our mental health. And continuing with our theme of healthy relationships, we want to discuss a form of relationship that's not healthy. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to switch gears a little bit. Yes. Um, We're going to talk about a relationship that's actually quite destructive to your mental health. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about... Bullying. I was gonna put a drum roll in, but I just couldn't. I couldn't like drum up the effort. Get it? Drum up the effort. Oh man! (laughs) You are a comedian genius. I know. And we know that bullying really is something that tends to like just only get discussed in terms of like childhood and children and like schoolyards and things like that. So like bullying in adulthood like really is not something that gets discussed very often. Yeah, you're probably about to turn off this podcast because you're like, you're discussing something that's not real. Mm, This is not relevant to my life. Good day. But bullying actually extends into adulthood. It just doesn't end in childhood. Mm -hmm. And the effects on mental health are extremely damaging. Like 10 to 15% of adults are victims of bullying. Of adults. Did you hear that? 10 to 15% of adults, not children. That's in, that's like outrageous. One of the most common places to see bullying in action is in the workplace. And the main reason this, the, this is the case is because there's just often this like power imbalance that we see in the workplace and this like sense of competition that's just like built into the structure of wherever it is that you're working. Mm-hmm. You have to like show how you're better than the other people and that you do better work or that you're a more valuable employee. We, we do have a wonderful guest that's going to talk to you all about bullying, but the key point of bullying that we want you to take away is that bullying really involves some kind of like power imbalance where someone is treating you poorly because they feel like they can, because there's some kind of power imbalance that's allowing them to do that. And that is so like integral to most people's workplaces. If you have a boss, you have a power imbalance. So as Kaylee alluded to, we are joined today by an expert in relationships and bullying, and her name is Dr. Wendy Craig, and she's one of the most brilliant people that we've ever met. It's basically like an objective fact. Uh, we could really just do an entire interview, like we could just like survey everyone on the street and just like find out who like their favorite person is, uh, and they would just say Wendy Craig because she's pretty much just the greatest. And like we have evidence because she's been on Oprah, so like hashtag Wendy for president 2020. <laughs> I would I would become a United States resident just so I could vote for her. We also have to make her a United, like, United States resident, so there's, like, a lot of work to be done, but I believe. The paperwork is already, like, you know, it's already happening. We believe. She's here to tell us today what bullying looks like in adults, what are the effects of it, what you should do or not do if you witness it or you're a victim of it, and basically how to foster some healthy relationships around you. And as always, she has all this knowledge, basically just like the most knowledge ever. So we're just going to let her talk. You guys can just uh, hang out and listen. And a side note, we recorded this in our early days when we were just bad at everything. (laughs) And so the sound quality is not great, but you can still hear. um, And just like think of it as a very like grassroots beginning interview. (laughs) You heard it underground first. That's right. I'm Wendy Craig. I'm a professor in the Department of Psychology at Queen's University. I'm here to talk about bullying, uh, and it's a topic that I've been researching now for over 25 years. 
And so over that time, I've moved to really learn a lot about what bullying is, what it looks like, and how bullying changes as we develop and grow. I run a network called PrevNet, uh, promoting relationships and eliminating violence. And what we do in that network is we bring together uh, national organizations, researchers, graduate students um, uh, who are interested in addressing bullying and victimization. And we create evidence-based education, intervention, prevention materials, as well as policy materials. And the idea is that we bring science into practice and practice into science. And the power of the network is that by working with the different individuals in the network, we can actually reach into every community across the country. is typically thought of as a childhood issue, but it's not. Bullying occurs throughout the lifespan, throughout development. Um, but when we think of it, we think of it as uh, aggression between two children, uh, where one child has more power than another child, and they use that power um, to harm or hurt. Um, and it's an intentional act. It's not a one-off kind of behavior. Bullying is not just a childhood problem. You know, long ago, there was a myth that children, you know, what's the big deal about bullying? First of all, children should be left to solve their own problems, or children will just grow out of it. We now know through longitudinal research that bullying is not a problem that children can solve on their own, and it's certainly not a problem that children just grow out of it. And in fact, children grow into more serious and significant problems, and it's a problem that occurs in adulthood. So what does bullying look like in adulthood? Well, it looks exactly like it does in childhood, except we just don't label it or talk about it as bullying. So what are the characteristics? Characteristics are that it has an aggression. So that could be physical aggression, it could be verbal aggression, or it could be what we call this indirect or social aggression. And that really means pushing somebody out of a group or spreading a rumor about them, but using the peers or the workmates in some cases to push somebody out of a group, to exclude them. So it has aggression. It also is characterized by being most likely to be repeated over time. So it's not a one-off event. The fact is that I target that person and I come back and back and back. The other thing that characterizes it is that there's a power differential. That is that the person who's doing the bullying has more power than the person who's being, being bullied. And what happens over time in that relationship and it is a relationship. It's the most destructive relationship that I can think about, of, but it's a relationship. So the person who has power over time is gaining more and more power, and they're becoming more and more powerful. And the person who's being victimized is becoming less and less powerful. And they're stuck in this very negative cycle. Um, and it's very hard without support for the person who's being victimized to end this cycle of violence. And bullying is a form of violence. The other thing that we have to remember about um, watching bullying is that, that bullying is a form of aggression. And often when people witness aggression or experience aggression, it's a form of trauma. And what we're now finding is people who witness bullying incidences frequently or people who are victimized by bullying, they, that about 33% of them report post-traumatic stress symptoms. That's the same kind of symptoms that people who are returning from war are reporting. So bullying has a huge negative effect. Just even witnessing it has an effect on the people. And so we need to make sure that they're supported. And that helps maybe understand why it's hard to intervene in the moment, 
but more importantly, why it's so important if you have the power and the authority to intervene and support, because overall, you're going to be creating a workplace that's safe and respectful. So the challenge about bullying in both children and adolescents and adulthood is that it happens often when peers are present, when others are present. But the reality is, very rarely do people step in and intervene. And that's completely understandable. Morally, it doesn't feel very comfortable, but it's understandable. Why? Why do people say they don't intervene? The number one reason is they're afraid. They're afraid that they'll be next, that they'll be targeted by the bullying or the victimization. The second reason is they think, well, if it's that bad, somebody else would do something. It's that notion of there's lots of other people here, and it's what we call diffusion of responsibility. Um, the third reason is that they start to think about what are the consequences to themselves. Are they putting themselves in danger? Are they going to lose their own status? Um, so it's not just are they going to become victimized, but are they going to lose status within that group? And what are the consequences for them, particularly in a work environment? Are they going to lose their job? So what do people, what, what do we recommend or what does the research show that people should do that's the most effective? Well, the first thing that we recommend is assess the situation. If it's one, don't intervene if you think you're going to get hurt or it's going to emotionally hurt you or psychologically hurt you. Don't intervene in the moment because the cost might just be too high. What do you do if you don't intervene in the, in the moment? Then you go and you report it. You report it to the person that, that is, is your boss or who's in charge of you or who supervises you. You record the details of the incident, where it happened, what happened, who was involved, and who was present and watching it. As many details as you could possibly record so that that now can become a matter of investigation. And somebody who's in a position of authority, because remember when we talked about bullying, it's about having more power. And so you need people to stand up for the person who's being victimized, who have power and can help write that power balance. So getting that support is absolutely critical. And that's what I think about it. I think about it as getting support for the person for you, the person who might be witnessing it, and also for the person who's experiencing the bullying. So assess the situation. If it's not safe, don't intervene. If it's safe to intervene, you may not want to intervene directly. You may want to just hold the person who's being victimized aside, perhaps engage them in another task to end the negative interaction. So invite them for lunch, invite them over to have a meeting about something else, get them out of the immediate situation. The worst thing, and it's interesting, the thing that people are most tempted to do, but it's the worst thing you can do is take on the person who's doing the bullying. Because what we find in our research is when you take that person on, you tend to do it in an aggressive or what's interpreted as an aggressive way, and that tends to actually escalate the bullying and make the bullying go on longer. So confronting the person is the worst possible strategy. Supporting the person who's being victimized is the best strategy if it's safe. And you can support them by helping them leave the situation and get out of the situation, and then going and getting support and reporting it. Some people are, are, are reluctant to go and get others to support other support, that their, their boss or their supervisor, to address bullying in the workplace. Yes, it is hard, but I think we need to think about it differently. It's also the most respectful, most supportive kind of behavior that we can engage in. And sometimes we have to make the hard decisions. And we have to think about what are the long-term payouts of those hard decisions. 
the long-term advantages are we're creating a workplace that is stating very clearly that we will respect each other, we will treat each other fairly, we will ensure that everybody has the right and feels safe in our workplace. And so by stepping up and supporting the person who's being victimized, by reporting it to someone, you're making a difference and you're creating the kind of workplace that you're going to want to go to every day. And so while it may feel hard the first time, the long-term benefits will ensure that you have a happy and healthy and productive workplace. like you're being bullied in the workplace, then you need to first say to yourself, I have the right to feel safe and I have the right to feel respected because everybody has those rights. Those are basic human rights. So what do you do? Well, I think the first thing that you do is get support. Get support for you. Uh, you know, talk to a colleague, explain to them what's happening. You know, the second thing you do is record it, write down the details of the incidents, what happened, who was involved, where it happened, when it happened. And once you have those recorded, then you need to go to the person who you report to, your supervisor, or if you don't feel comfortable talking to your supervisor, somebody who's above your pay grade that you, that you feel that you can confide in, that you feel that you can trust. Um, and you need to tell them exactly what's going on. You need to give them the information and record it. Maybe you've received an email that concerns you, that you feel like is bullying. Print it off. Bring that with you. But you need to seek help, seek support, um, because you have the right to be safe at work. The other thing that you need to recognize is when someone's victimized, it can affect how they feel about themselves. It can affect how they're doing their job. It can affect how they go home and their relationships at home. So you need to make sure that you're getting the support that you need. Maybe you need to get professional support. Maybe you need to make sure that you're sharing with your, your loved ones and your family what's going on for you at work. Maybe you need to talk to your doctor about it to see if there are other things that you need to do to support you as you go through this challenging time. The worst thing you can do is not talk about it. If we don't talk about it, then we can't address it and we can't create the kind of workplace that you deserve to work in. So you need to share it talk about it, uh, and find the people that you can trust to confide in, and keep talking to them until it changes for you, because everybody has the right to feel safe and work. One of the things that I talk a lot about is how to have healthy relationships. And when I talk to people, it always feels so simple and so straightforward. And it feels like a message that, of course, I have healthy relationships. Well, I like to challenge the people I talk about to really evaluate and do that self-assessment. In order to make sure that we're treating others in a safe and respectful and fair way, we need to be aware of our own behavior. We need to be aware of what's, what is the kind of behaviors that we're engaging in. We need to look at the other person for their, their, their physical and, and nonverbal responses to the words that we say, or maybe the stance that we have. So we need to be aware of the kinds of things we say and the impacts that it has on others to make sure that we're treating everybody in, in a respectful, non-aggressive, and positive manner so that we're having healthy relationships at work. 
If we're not, we may not be bullying, but if we realize in doing that self-assessment that we're not treating others the way that, that we should, we need to repair that relationship. Everybody makes mistakes. You know, I can't think of a single parent who doesn't have a story to tell you about how they didn't do the right thing or they had a bad parenting moment. Every parent has one. Every human being has one. We all make mistakes. And I think that's the most important message that I can give. When you become self-aware, when you start to think about your behavior and its impact on others, you might start to see things that you regret. Maybe you regret saying things for the way that a person looked. Maybe you inadvertently turned your slightly and, and excluded somebody from a group. If you feel that, then listen to it. Trust your intuition and go and repair. And when you repair in relationships, it's about taking responsibility. You know, I noticed earlier that I turned my back and that might have felt like to you that I was excluding you. If you felt that way, I apologize. That was not my intent at all. You need to know that it's very important to me that everybody's included. And if I do that again, you need to call me on it. And it's okay. But I'm sorry that if you experience any discomfort. Repair relationships. We all worry about how we behave. We all want to make sure that we, we, we all want to behave in ways that are positive. And the best way that we can ensure it is to be aware of our own behavior, monitor our own behavior, check in with ourselves and trust our instincts, think about how we use power in the case of bullying. Do we use power positively or are we using power negatively? And if we find that we have a problem, then repair. Take responsibility for that mistake and repair it and be different going forward. Make a commitment to being different in that relationship and not doing that again in that relationship. What's really changed over the years is now we recognize bullying is a problem, so that's great, and it impacts people negatively, so that's great. <laughs> um, most importantly, I can tell you is, is in order to best prevent bullying, it's to engage in healthy relationships. Because when you engage in healthy relationships, you're setting a tone and a context about what you think are important relationships. Safety, respect, trust, communication, being physically safe, being mentally safe, that these things are things that happen in healthy relationships. So by engaging in healthy relationships, you're promoting a culture that will be healthy and will support and model for everybody in that place to have healthy relationships. So the most important thing you can do is role model those healthy relationships, engage in them, and live them, and create that healthy workplace. Well, hopefully you love Wendy as much as we do, um, because it's a lot, so get on board. Yeah. And we also just really hope that you feel more empowered to either intervene in bullying situations that you might witness or might be a victim of, and that you feel more confident to like foster healthy relationships in your life and make sure that you're not inadvertently causing some kind of unhealthy relationship dynamics. Mm -hmm. And to summarize everything Wendy went through, even though everything she said was perfect and simple and easy to understand, <laughs> we just want to like, talk about Wendy and what she said more. Exactly. And we just like really like putting things into little like nutshells because Vanessa and I don't have the greatest memories. So when we yes. can just put things into little like snapshots, it's easier. We love the nutshell and or snapshots. <laughs> <laughs> First, bullying doesn't just happen in childhood, like news news alert, newsflash. It still happens in adulthood and it's very damaging to the person being victimized and even the people who are witnessing it. Remember that Wendy said that it's essentially like experiencing a trauma sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that people who are bullied and witness bullying can actually develop like things like post-traumatic stress disorder. Like that is something that should really like 
shock some people. This is not a normal thing that should be happening. Absolutely. The second thing is that there are good reasons that we often don't intervene in bullying situations. Like, so don't beat yourself up if you, you know, haven't really felt comfortable jumping in if you've seen something that's happening before in your life. Just remember that witnessing these events can be super traumatic, and so it's completely fair <laughs> if you feel really thrown off or upset after having seen this. Mm-hmm. But leads us to our next point. The best way to support somebody if you see that they are being victimized is to intervene indirectly by removing that person from the situation or finding somebody who's in a position of power that is higher than you or them to help them. Mm-hmm. Do not take on the aggressors because as Wendy said, that can actually make it worse for you and that person who's being victimized. Absolutely. And the next thing is be sure to take some time to assess yourself to make sure that you're not maybe accidentally or in inadvertently being a bully to people around you. And if you have noticed some situations where you've been a bit uh, a bit too aggressive um, or a bit too unfair to people in your life, make sure you take the time to repair that relationship. Remember, you can change your behavior. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You just had some bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And as we said, workplace situations sometimes kind of encourage that competitiveness Absolutely. with those power imbalances. So you might have just been doing it unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean you're a bad person you can repair those relationships. It also sometimes means kind of challenging what's just the norm in the place where you're at. So let's pretend you're in some kind of really competitive grad school program or you're in some kind of other really competitive workforce. You really might have to like kind of challenge the status quo to really not engage in this bullying behavior that we're talking about. And that's going to be really tough, but it definitely is worth it. The next thing is that we know getting involved when you see a bullying situation is probably not your number one favorite thing to do. It's a scary, difficult situation to intervene in. And you probably want to avoid any and all conflict, especially at work. You just want to keep everything mm-hmm. very like easy, very like non-confrontational. Yeah. But remember, everyone has the right to a safe and healthy workplace. Exactly. So there's going to be long-term benefits to getting involved. I know that it's difficult to kind of take that initiative and start this process if you notice bullying happening, but you're going to be making your entire workplace better in the long term. You're not just fixing this one situation. You're fixing like the long-term <coughs> atmosphere of where you work. Mm-hmm. And if you start having more of these conversations and modeling a lot of this type of behavior, it's likely that other people in, in your workplace have also felt afraid to intervene Mm -hmm. and seeing that somebody else is taking initiative to make a better workplace is going to encourage other people to do it as well. And that brings us to our last point which is just model healthy relationships. So just make sure that you are doing everything you can to model the kind of relationships that everyone wants to be in. Of course we have a challenge for you because we care. And as you can probably guess, it is to evaluate the relationships around you and as well as evaluate yourself. So Mm -hmm. first, have you witnessed any ongoing bullying? Have you been a victim or maybe even a perpetrator of bullying others? Mm -hmm. And if that's true, any of those questions, what can you do about it? So if you've just witnessed this happening in your workplace, can you maybe try and have a conversation with the person who's being victimized and just ask them how they're feeling, ask them how they're doing, remind them that you're there for them if they ever want to talk about it, that you're not forcing them to deal with it, but if they ever want to talk to you about it, you're more than ready to listen and just like offer like, you know, offer, you know, offer a good ear to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to their words. Be a good you know? support. Exactly, exactly. And if you feel that maybe you might have sometimes perpetrated some bullying to other people, remember what Wendy said, just have a conversation with that person, apologize for what happened, ask them to give you some feedback, and just try and do better in the future. Mm-hmm. If you're unsure about how your behavior has affected somebody mm-hmm. else, just talk about it. There's no shame. And even if that person didn't interpret it in an, in an aggressive way, they'll probably feel so touched that you thought about them in that way and that they'll feel more comfortable if anything does come up. 
Exactly. You're basically just setting the stage for people to be to be more open about talking about how they're feeling about different behaviors. So if you start that conversation, maybe they'll be more comfortable later to address something that does come up or to tell you or you know or to apologize to you if they think that they've done something wrong. You're just like opening this conversation for the future. Exactly. And another thing you can probably do in your workplace is just start talking about some of these things with your colleagues. Talk about workplace bullying and what they can do. If more people have this knowledge, then when they see these types of situations, they'll feel more empowered to intervene as well. Okay, so we want to thank Wendy for coming on the podcast because she's amazing and has the busiest life and so was yeah. very kind of her to come on and talk about this. Yeah, basically we just want to thank Wendy for existing in this world Ugh. because it's just like the like a gift. A gift from the universe to us that she exists. The end. Good day. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us again this week. We really appreciate you taking this, you know, busy time out of your day to check in with us and hear how we, you know, how we feel about stuff. Well, we know the struggle to talk about mental health and be mentally healthy is real. But hopefully after this week, it's a little bit easier. With your words like knives and swords and weapons that you use against me, you have knocked me off my feet again, got me feeling like a nothing you. With your voice like nails on a chalkboard, calling me out when I'm wounded, you picking on the weaker man.